Next on BYU Sports Nation, the Minutemen aren't ready. UMass gives up 52 a game. Do the Cougars need to equal that number to be offensively pleased? Is it okay to play the what-if game about this BYU football season? Be careful. And BYU soccer advances to the Sweet 16, but is it enough for this team this season? BYUSN starts now. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Friday, November 22nd. It's a game day eve, baby. I'm Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton is on his way to Amherst, Mass. So I'm teamed up with a man who's had one heck of a calendar week, Jason Shepard. It has been uh, a pretty good week. Lots of entries entries in the Book of Remembrance over the last seven days. Got to call a buzzer-beater victory for BYU basketball at Houston. Number two on SportsCenter. Number two on SportsCenter. They mentioned your name. They mentioned uh, myself and Mark Durant, uh, but all credit goes to TJ Haas for hitting the shot. That's the important part. Uh, And then last night, (laughs) I got to to interview Donovan Mitchell, Utah Jazz superstar at the uh, the women's soccer game. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And uh, here's what he had to say. Yeah, this is probably the first time I'll pick a side. (laughs) But, yeah, I'm I'm with Louisville uh, for sure. I went to school with a lot of girls on the team, so it's, it's pretty cool to see them. And um, I haven't seen them in a while, so it's pretty cool. I think when he was a freshman, the seniors would yeah. have been a freshman. Yes. Like, yeah. third year in the L- Let's put into context, and this is not our stat of the day, but I'm going to give you a stat that's going to blow your mind. It's a stat. This is today. a stat. A stat today. On this day. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I went and looked at the number of views of that interview. And trust me, it's not because I was on it. It's because Donovan Mitchell was on it. Yeah. But... I went and looked at another post that BYU TV Sports had posted, what I thought would be a highly viewed highlight. Kyrus Tonga's touchdown is a highlight that you would think would have a lot of of views, and it did. 7,600 views. That's a very good number for people watching that. No, 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 it's not. Do you want... We need to be higher. Okay, but (laughs) do you want to take a guess on how many people have viewed... 20. 20,000. 23,100 people nice. have watched that Souls. interview. Souls. Yes. Since la- so in like 15 hours. Yeah, that's great. It is unbelievable. The love. And he wasn't even polling for BYU, and BYU fans love him. That, that speaks volumes about you. how this state loves Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, he's great. He was great. He was fantastic. He's great. All the non-jazz fans are like, I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> Here's what's on the show rundown. Tanner Mangum will be in studio to discuss the matchup at UMass and Cougar football. He's a part of our countdown to kickoff coverage tomorrow morning, bright and early. We're coming uh, down to the final three games and going for two. Jason refuses to pick. I do. Yet and one you pick, and they're garbage. Senior safety (laughs) Troy Warner is back and is redshirting. Spencer's one-on-one conversation with the brother of Fred and a guy who is continuing to make a name for himself. This new redshirt rule, by the way, so awesome. It is great. so awesome. Yes. And know the foe, UMass edition. But first, today's headlines. BYU football is in Amherst, Massachusetts, or the accompanying area, to play the 1 in 10 Minutemen tomorrow. By the way, they're going to the Basketball Hall of Fame this afternoon. That will be awesome. Have some fun. BYU has two uh, guys in there, Stan Watts and Chris McChusett. Cougars are going for a fifth straight victory and a third against UMass in the last four seasons. Here's what Kalani Sitake expects. Um, You know, we expect to to be physical and, and, and to do our part and play our best. I know we're going to get their best shot. I say this every week. Mm-hmm. It's important that they get our best shot as well. 
Listen to Cougar pregame live on BYU Radio with your boy Jason Shepard, 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 Pacific. And then a uh, show that uh, is called Countdown to Kickoff is on BYU TV an hour later. Produced effectively, by the I, way. I'm behind the scenes. It's whatever. BYU women's soccer advanced to the Sweet 16 with a 4-0 victory over Louisville at Southfield last night. All four goals were scored in the second half, two of which came from Michaela Coulihan. Again, very surprising. There's Flake looking for more against Neve Nelson. Nelson hits the deck. Flake with Tucker in front. Elise Flake to the end line. Touched in front and another goal. It's Coolahan. Cougars face NC State tomorrow night at Southfield for a chance to advance to the Elite Eight. Watch on BYU TV, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, or listen on BYU Radio 107.9 FM. It's 0 0 at half. Yeah, and for a few minutes in the second half. Then bang, bang, bang. Three goals in five minutes. That's what this team does, especially in the second half. But they score in bunches. It is amazing how quickly that offense can click. And Carla Swenson has them was totally off. Yesterday, she said it would be 3 nothing. <laughs> it was 4 nothing. Boy, was she way off. <laughs> the number 13 women's volleyball team swept Portland. 15-14-17. Those are the points scored by Portland. I mean, it was, it was a blowout. Last night, dominating fashion. 14th sweep of the season for Brigham Young. Taylor Ballard-Nixon led the Cougars with 11 kills. BYU hosts Gonzaga in the penultimate regular season match of the season. Tomorrow, 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific. You can watch it right here on BYU TV. The BYU TV postgame for the football game will be on the BYU TV app whenever the game is. I think we've used the word penultimate at least four or five times in the last week. I'm on a crusade to educate the masses. I like it. NCAA championships begin tomorrow for BYU men's and women's cross country. Let's go! In, in Terre Haute? Terre Haute? Haute. Terre Haute. I've never known how to say that. Terre Haute, Indiana. The men's and women's teams both ranked third heading into nationals. This will be the fifth straight appearance in nationals for the women's team. The men's team has qualified every year since 1999. That's amazing. They're going to party like it's 1999. I mean, both have a shot at the title tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely they do. Yeah, so uh, let's see what happens. Good luck to them. A little more on them coming up a little bit later. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. All right, tomorrow BYU lines up against a team who's playing its final game of the season, has one victory, and it's against the only team in FBS who hasn't won yet. That's Akron. Sorry, LeBron. <laughs> Jason, do you have any concerns going into tomorrow, to tomorrow's game at UMass? No. Jerem, back to you. Um, I do not have any concerns either. Now on to topic number two. The UMass defense is, uh, how do you say, uh, yes, not good. Uh, they're no, giving up, <laughs> they are not good. Uh, they're giving up 52 points and almost 23,000 yards per game. Fine, I exaggerated on the yards per game. It's not that many. Roughly but you get my point. Jerem, does BYU have to score at least 52 points tomorrow? Yes, I, I think they do. I think UMass is so bad. I think that Idaho State is similarly bad. Spencer felt like there was a divide there that Idaho State is like, better than UMass in some way. I think they're on the same level. They both stink, right? Um, I think a new season high needs to happen. Uh, BYU scored, what, a season high 42 against Utah State and uh, 42 against Idaho State, I believe. I think BYU needs to do that. Yet, it's kind of a big ask. Um, Yeah, it was 42 against both. I think it's a big ask because when you look at BYU scoring 52-plus recently, it's not been that often, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU's played 114 games as an independent. Cougars have scored 52-plus six times since 2011. And against FBS competition, twice. You have to go back to 2016 against Toledo, 55. 
Fresno State, 52 in 2015. Tanner Mangum on that team. He'll join us later. Um, I, yeah, I, I want it to happen. But here's what, here's what happens. BYU just gears down. And then, uh, you know, kneels it out at the end. Like, BYU could have. At some point, again, you start feeling but, sorry for the opposition, right? Right. But <laughs> I think you shouldn't feel sorry until the fourth. That's how I feel. Okay. I, I, I don't think that you should, like, let's run the ball, run the ball. BYU still. BYU threw the ball to Keanu Hill in the final, what, minute or two, right? Mm. So BYU was still pushing for it, and Keanu Hill just goes out. His knee goes down before he hits the pylon. But I would like 52-plus. It's been kind of a rarity for BYU and Independence. Yeah, I mean, sure. It would be awesome to score 52, but do they have to? In my mind, the answer is no. I mean, what's it going to prove if BYU scores 52? It doesn't change anything. BYU, BYU isn't getting into a New Year's Six Bowl if they score 52. Wait, they're not, wait, they're, wait, they're wait. not getting two victories out of it wait, by scoring 52. wait. Coastal Carolina scored 62 against UMass. Shouldn't, okay. shouldn't BYU? Yes, I understand that. But Louisiana to, Tech scored 69 against UMass. Shouldn't BYU? Like if Liberty if, scored 63. Shouldn't if they, BYU? If they don't Army! score 52, like if they score failure, four, if they score 42, is it going to be any less of a dominant victory? Like what? Is this just so that we can feel better about ourselves? Yes, I need this validation. <laughs> this offense needs to. Con- yes, it, it's for Zach Wilson. That's what it's for. And you're right. There's not a huge difference between 42 and 52. I just, I just think UMass is so bad. Why not just ball out and then against San Diego State we're going, okay, yes. okay, Zach Wilson's back. Yes. The offense is back. I think that's the point. I, I understand. Here's the only two things in my mind that has to happen in tomorrow's game. One, you get the win. Two, you stay healthy. Amen. Everything else is gravy. Mm, I gravy. love gravy. I do too. I just, Are you a big fan and of Thanksgiving the, next week, man? Brown gravy. Uh, you go with the country gravy. I'm brown gravy all the way. Yes, but I do enjoy some country gravy. Yeah, like at Cracker Barrel or something? What are we talking about? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> just get the win, stay healthy. Outside of that, just get the win and stay healthy. That's it. That's all that matters. Now, I hesitate to bring this up, but, well, two different teams. Totally different teams, right? 2017, BYU played the worst total in scoring defense in ECU and did not uh, win the game, let alone yes, let, yes. score that many points. We do remember that. This is a different BYU squad. I, I'm going to guess uh, that BYU doesn't score 52, but I think that I would like to see that. I w- we would all love to see it, but if yeah. it doesn't happen, it's not a failure. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Topic three. The college football playoff rankings are out. The Cougars aren't close to being in it, but a tweet got me thinking from a Ute fan. Jared Horton, he said, and I'll have to edit a part because he's a Ute fan, BYU, and this is BYU TV. <laughs> BYU would be ranked in the college football playoff rankings with wins over 23 USC, 20 Boise State at 8-2, and two, with losses to 7 Utah and a tough Washington team. I'd be ticked if I'm a BYU fan that you lost to Toledo and South Florida. Same way I feel about the USC loss. We, Utah, could be ranked fourth right now. That caused me to think, no, wait a minute. He's right. Should we be wondering what if about this BYU football season? <sighs> no. <laughs> Look. Okay, here's the deal. Sports is stressful enough yes. on its own. Uh-huh. That's a very dangerous game to be playing the what-if game. That's it, the entire summer. It, what are you talking about? It That's did not, content. It did not happen, and we will all drive ourselves insane yeah. if we go back and think about what could have happened. It didn't happen. Mm-hmm. There's no point in giving it any time, even though we're all going to do it. We're all, we've all even said We've said it on this, this show. This is well, my, what were to happen this if. Is, this is my debate with my wife on an argument over something. Listen, it was in the past. Can't do anything about it now. And Will l- you just do the dishes next time? Yes, yeah, you're <laughs> right, honey. <laughs> Unless you win a title that season, every single team in every sport 
has a what if, or they look back and there's something they no, would they, like no, to they change. Don't. UMass doesn't have a what if. They were going to stink no matter what. They're like, well, what if we didn't stink? That was their what if. No, don't you're play you, the what if game. You're it's just hurting yourself. Okay. You're just adding unnecessary stress. Uh, if BYU wins out and has nine wins, we will play this quite a bit. We will. <laughs> we will. We'll talk about. I'm not saying the you're wrong to, there. To Toledo and South Florida, right? I, I think it's, uh, there's a healthy dose of this because um, let's assess the situation. I believe, and I've said on this show, that I think BYU had to lose to Toledo and South Florida to make the changes they made. And I agree with they you. They did not make them after Toledo. The same things happened to South Florida, who's a worse team, in my opinion, than Toledo. I think BYU needed that experience to have the experience they've had now to make those changes. I do wish that Tyson Williams would have been healthy and BYU would have figured some things out and beaten those two teams because maybe they still do beat Boise State and Utah State and Liberty and Idaho State. And if BYU was 8-2, guess what? They'd be in the college football playoff rankings for the first time in independence. And we'd feel some validation. And we'd feel like it's working, right? But we're all feeling good right now. I don't want to take away from that. We're feeling good that BYU made changes. Yes, they were 2-4. and Kalani Sitake was on the hot seat at that point, let's be honest. Four in a row, bang, contract extension, feeling good, going bowling. Opportunity to obviously beat UMass, and then San Diego State is an interesting game given how good their defense is. You finish 8-4, and four, go to a bowl game, maybe you're 9-4. and four. That is a really good season given how loaded and hard the schedule was. And the fact that BYU's been playing with a backup quarterback in third string and all the backup running backs when you could have had Tyson Williams, who would have been one of the best BYU running backs we've seen in the last 10 or 15 years. Look, it is human nature to look back on something that happened and say, oh, I should have done. Like when you give a talk in church, you had a great joke. No, you have honest. a great joke, you forget about it. You don't get to use it. And I afterwards, like, oh, here. man. I have five hours I have a that great I joke. I, didn't, I forgot to use it. That would have killed. I don't need that podium. I have this one. <laughs> But, what a, but here's here's the thing. The it doesn't change anything. The talk's already been given. The game's already been played. The only thing it does. Are you speaking soon? I'm not speaking soon. Oh. And this is did not an invitation recent, to come and ask. Speak recently? To speak soon. This uh, is no, I mine? no, 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 I have not. But the only thing it does is it gives you a stomachache <laughs> by sitting and worrying about it. Don't do I'm that not, to I'm yourself. Not, I'm not ulcer worry guy. I worry about very few things. I don't worry about big things. I, I worry about, about like, what I'm going to eat for lunch. That's what I'm thinking about right now. I wake up in the morning wondering what I'm going to eat for all seven of my meals. <laughs> that are the size of your fist, right? <laughs> all right. And finally, topic number four. I'm very excited. We've hardly ever get to a topic four. That's yeah, what this, happens this when is, topic one is, is a one-word answer. Spencer leaves, we do four topics. There we go. All right. Success. It's, a, it's an interesting word. How do you define it? We're talking about it in the context of BYU women's soccer. They are now on their way to the Sweet 16. Yeah, baby. Jerem, what is the minimum threshold of success, in your opinion, for BYU soccer? Before the tourney, I thought it was the Elite Eight. That if BYU could get to a matchup with Stanford on the farm against the Cardinal, who are the number one scoring offense in the country, BYU's number two, that that would be the spot. And that if BYU went beyond that, that they could win the national title. Uh, BYU's one game away from that. If BYU defends home field and continues to do what they've done all year, which is not lose... Which is not lose, right? BYU has yet to lose yes. a match. Yes. Are you kidding me? 20-0-1. BYU is literally unbeatable right now. And hopefully they continue that. I think it's getting to the Elite Eight. Because let's be honest, a matchup at Stanford, BYU would be a dog in that game. But guess what? The top two scoring offenses in the country, one seed, two seed, in the regional final, one game to get to a spot where BYU soccer has never been, Jennifer Rockwood has never been, 
That is big time. So BYU's one game away from that. And we saw three goals in five minutes. Like, this team is capable of putting up goals in a hurry. And it's going to be really exciting to watch that match tomorrow night in the Sweet 16. Yeah, uh, we're, we're really excited. You'll be on the, uh, the TV call. I'll be on yeah, the radio it's call. It's a ratings off. It's a ra- it is another ratings you off. A, you get a zero. <laughs> okay. I'm really excited. And the way I look at this, regardless of what happens moving forward, this has already been a successful season. And you mentioned a couple of different things. Undefeated season for the first time in program history. Dominating teams offensively and defensively. And just because you consider a season a success already, that doesn't mean that you're satisfied. This team, and I mean this wholeheartedly, this team can legitimately win a national championship this year. They are that good. And even if it doesn't happen, there is no question in my mind already this season has been successful. Yeah, I, I need one more win to cross that for me. Like if BYU bowed out tomorrow night, I'd say, oh, that's disappointing. I, they should have been at least the Elite Eight. You can't lose at home. You haven't lost all year. I think this team will do that and get into the Elite Eight. Oh, I th- absolutely yeah. think they're going to advance like, to the Elite it Eight. It was like when Jimmer Fredette, um, his senior year, going into that year, we all said, like, Okay, BYU's got to make at least a Sweet 16. They made the second round. You bring all this talent back. You've got to get at least through two games. So when BYU did, and they didn't have Brandon Davies, and they lost in overtime, we all felt like, you know what? That was good enough. We, we feel satisfied with that. And that's a feeling you don't often have, especially here. There are standards that are really high, right? Built on the theology of, of uh, what we believe uh, religiously, right? That anything is possible, literally, Kevin Garnett. So in sports, we think BYU can win the national title. They've done it in football. They've done it in men's volleyball. They've done it in women's cross country. Rugby, why not in some of these other sports? And uh, women's volleyball has come close a couple times the last few years. This is women's soccer's best chance to get to a Final Four, which would be more than enough for me. I don't need a natty, although that would be amazing. Getting to the Final Four would be unbelievable. I'm so so excited for the opportunity with this team. Yeah, let's go. Question of the day today. Spell out what success looks like for BYU at UMass tomorrow. Let's get to the voice of the nation. This is the voice of the nation. On BYU Sports Nation. From Jared Palin on the gram. Clean execution, growth for Wilson, dominance on both sides of the ball. That sounds pretty good. I like that. I think that's summarized well. Just get the dub, stay healthy, move on to the Diego. Amen. Coming up. Diego. Yes. Coming up. Unlike basketball, I still choose not to make the going for two picks. But Jeremy Spencer will. That's all coming up. And no Hail Mary required here. Tanner Mangum on whether BYU needs to score 52-plus tomorrow versus UMass. He's tweeting about it now. This is BYU Sports Nation. You on the gram right now? <laughs> BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us tomorrow morning. It's right morning as we get you ready for BYU at UMass on Countdown to Kickoff. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, and Tanner Mangum will be live from Studio C. Spencer Linton will be live in Amherst, Massachusetts. Coverage begins tomorrow, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on BYU TV. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, simulcast on both BYU TV and BYU Radio. The show is always on demand via the podcast and BYUSN. Dot com. If you missed the show live, by the way, we got a uh, podcast. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, now joining us, a guy who uh, has joined BYU TV a little more this season, last couple games on Countdown to Kickoff and the BYU TV game. His name is Tanner Mangum. Tanner, it's great to have you in the studio, man. It's always a pleasure. It's been a while since I've been in Studio B. So, uh, and now as an analyst. And now, so yeah. you, we've had you on the phone, but yes. now in studio. I appreciate being in here. It's always, always a good opportunity to join you guys on set. It's a little warmer and drier than what you've experienced at Lavelle in <laughs> yes. the stadium last couple of weeks. A little weeks, bit, right? a little bit. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about this matchup with you, uh, UMass. We've yeah. talked about 
concerns and 52 plus and blah. It's kind of a weird one because it's pretty obvious that the game is not in the balance. It's just how will BYU perform given the way that UMass has played. Yet, now that you're not a player, how do you assess this matchup? You know, as a player, you kind of have to give the politically correct responses. We right? knew it. Even if you don't think right? otherwise. We knew it. Yes. Yeah, I, I was pretty good at that. <laughs> I, you know, you had, you had to be pretty good at that. But nonetheless, when it comes to games like this, you, you know you're going to win. Right, you know you're going to go in and dominate. If you do your job, it's it's going to be a, a, a somewhat easy victory. But for me, as a competitor, and 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 I know a lot of guys on this team, they they feel the same way. Is you want to go and dominate? Like you want to really go show just how good you are. You're not content with just winning the game. You want to blow them out. A certain standard. I there's guess, a standard. Right? There's a sta- there's a level of of, of um, not not perfection because obviously no game is ever perfect. But you want to go in there with high expectations that you're going to go in and, and show the other team really what you're made of. And I think for this game, especially knowing what's on the back end with San Diego State and a potential pretty good bowl opponent, you want to go in and, and really uh, set, the, uh, set the standard and set, get the momentum going so that you can go into those final two games feeling really confident. So, and this just kind of carries off of that question. So, so what's the approach in a game like this? Do you, do you try and, and play it simple, assuming that that's still going to produce big yards and a lot of points? Do you go in trying to throw the ball? What's the approach in a game like this? You want to keep it aggressive. You don't want to play not to lose or, or play like, uh, like you're just you know, hoping to do the bare minimum. And I think that's something that BYU needs to work on. The Cougars haven't been able to start fast a lot this season. Just only a couple games they've really been able to put points on the board first. This game, you got to go in there with an aggressive mindset, saying we're going to start from the, from the very first drive. We're coming to attack. We're coming to put points on the board. And, and uh, I, I've been talking to the players, and they're ready for that. They're ready to, to take it up a notch. They've made their adjustments. Coaches have made their adjustments in, in, on both sides of the ball. Defense is playing more aggressive, putting in a lot more blitzes and different uh, unique packages. And on offense, the uh, Coach Roderick, Fessy Sitake, they're getting more involved. They're trying to get more aggressive on offense. And these players are ready to come out attacking. Yeah, it should be an interesting one given that last year it was was easy to get up for that game with UMass because it was in Gillette Stadium. That was cool, right? You, you yeah, were part I was of that there. experience. And, and, you, know, you know me, big Patriots fan. Yeah, I love the Patriots. It was, it was awesome to be there and uh, you know, walk where the goat walked. Yeah. But, uh, this <laughs> Kyle is Van Oy? <laughs> one of them. <laughs> BYU goat. Yes. This is, uh, you know, this is unique. You know, in Amherst, it's a small stadium. Different, yep. It's, it's a, you know, a very low-level team, one of the worst in, in, in FBS. You could argue the worst. Are, yeah, yeah. Very, you could very well argue the worst. But... Like I said before, if you have any type of competitive juices within you, none of that even matters. I mean, I remember in 2015, we played Wagner at home. We watched their film, and it was honestly like watching a high school team. Like, it just, you just knew. FCS team. Yeah, you just, knew, you just knew they didn't have the talent. They didn't have the personnel to match up with us. But even then, I was still pumped. I was still excited to go out there and, and play the game. And, and we went out and, and took care of business. And that's how you have to be as a team, no matter what your opponent is. I know maybe you might be sounding politically correct now, like I'm just saying the right answers, but I mean it. If you're really competitive, you're going to go out and, 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 uh, and make the most of that opportunity because these opportunities are limited. Kalani talks about that a lot, how you only get 12 games, 13 with a bowl. You know, these are few and far between, and you've got to make the most of them because you spend all year preparing. And 
Saturdays come fast and then they, they go fast. And so you've got to enjoy each opportunity no matter what, no matter who your opponent is. Okay, so the Minutemen are giving up defensively 52 points. So that's kind of the number we've been talking about. Right. Do you expect BYU football to put up at least 52 points? I do, unless we see Kalani really start to play conservative in the second half. We know Kalani's a classy guy. You saw it last week against Idaho State, literally at the goal line, taking a knee. Classy that, move. That made the line go under, yes. Right, yes. by the way. That's, and the over-under was is, under. That is a yeah. bad beat. That is a, <laughs> it was yeah, Scott Van Pelt. That is a Scott yeah. Van Pelt textbook <laughs> bad beat. <laughs> but hey, maybe, you know, maybe... Maybe Kalani's teaching a lesson here, not to gamble, teaching us not to. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, always a lesson. Involved. Yeah, always a lesson. I just like the context of it. But, <laughs> but so my my, uh, my point is, is, is if if BYU gets up to a commanding lead like they should in the first half, I could see Kalani just really start to just play conservative that second half and and have long drives like that last drive against Idaho State was eleven minutes long. Who knows? We could see some long drives just trying to milk the clock. But that being said, even then, I think BYU should be able to score at will. And, you know, I think they could easily put up 52-plus. And But more than anything, I just hope they play clean. Yeah. I hope they take care of business. Don't, you know, don't, don't give UMass any type of hope. Uh, take care of the football and make improvements, especially from last week. Against an FCS opponent, the uh, offensive line could have played better. Uh, the, the offense as a whole could have played cleaner. It took a while for them to get going. It really took that Austin Lee pick six to finally get the juices flowing and the momentum going. And so I hope to see BYU come out off the, you know, right out the gates, setting the tone early. Uh, Kalani Satake's contract uh, was renewed. What's your reaction to that, and what does that mean for the future of Cougar football? I think all you need to look at is the video of the locker room <laughs> to gauge how BYU Nation feels about the extension. Right? He's the right guy for the job, uh, and I've, I've been vocal about this. It's 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 a program wide issue it's it's not a just a Kalani issue it's not just a player's issue it's it's a uh, a, a program uh, as a whole uh, you know all pieces need to be involved here and so the extension is the right move but now what else can you do to help him what you know what what type of resources can you give him and the team to help the team be successful against some brutal schedules what, what are you referring to you're talking schedule you're talking Payment of coaches, it, yeah. The issue. So what I'm talking about resources. Meaning, you know, I could I could go into details about this. I've I've, I've gone on, on other shows talking about it, but I think there needs to be some uh, some increased revenue for uh, for recruiting, helping coaches get out and and get get the best talent possible. Um, some more funds for the coaching staff, both head coach and the support staff, the assistants, and and then also resources for the team, like food and nutrition. Helping them, uh, you know, in the off season, really get their bodies right for a tough schedule. You know, playing against these types of teams, you need to get your bodies right, and then also uh, access to facilities. You know, you, you look at BYU basketball, who has that great annex, and they're able to go in and get work, whenever they get working whenever they want, twenty four seven. No golf class. No, there's, there's no, no intramurals. Right. No golf class, no soccer class. Yeah. But BYU, ha- the, the football team has to deal with things like that, which you look at other top Power 5 programs around the country, they're not dealing with things like that. And it's a small example, but it shows the, uh, the level of commitment, the level of investment that universities put into their football programs. And I think if BYU wants to take that next step to become a Power 5-like program, then the, uh, the investment needs to match that. Cover Provo High. The the field, that, no, yeah. No, I'm sure that's a great like, idea. Put like, a put a bubble over that, and then you can put any of these classes or whatever you want in there for sure. Or the football team, whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, because I understand. I'm you know I'm all about um, 
you know, helping the university and, and, it's, and, and being uh, a world-class university. But if Cougar Nation wants to, you know, wants to see BYU as a national title contender, a college football playoff contender, well, you can't do it on a Mountain West budget. And, and, and so lots of, lots of pieces go into that. But I think those are the next steps possible right. that that that, uh, that the, the program can take as a whole. You generally achieve kind of at the level you have the resources at, and and BYU tends to overachieve, I would argue. And this is a bigger conversation. We yeah, can, of course. Uh, broach another day, but okay, interesting thoughts. Yeah, okay, and, we're looking for. Oh, go ahead. Well, as I said, the, the schedules we're playing. I mean, you look at next year's schedule. It's rough. It's, it's, it's brutal. It's so yeah. hard. You, you know, know how I feel yeah. about it. What do you feel? I haven't heard your opinion on yeah, this. Yeah, let's talk all summer about it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, looking forward to your thoughts on uh, countdown to kickoff tomorrow morning. Hey, I appreciate it. Okay, bright and early. Tanner Mangum, appreciate it. Thanks, Tanner. Coming up, Troy Warner back on the field, and he goes one-on-one with our own Spencer Linton. I'm taking Troy in that matchup. I am, too. And are going for two picks. This is BYU Sports Nation. Are you looking for a better way to deliver results this year? Expanding your product line or building new locations? How about your online presence? Does it need a boost? Maybe you just want to put a little more distance between you and the competition. Tap into the powerful engine of BYU Athletics and let us put together a plan unique to your business. We can provide you with the tools designed to enhance your brand on a local, regional, or national level. We invite your team to join ours. For details, email sponsorship at byu.edu today. Her mother says, you can't marry him. You haven't known him long enough. Now look at it, almost seven years. (laughs) We have 33 grandchildren. The Lord's blessed us in many ways. I can't believe that it's been almost 70 years ago that I married him. And he makes every day of my life a happy one. We're the Gandys. And our wife is our family tree. The great thing was, the ball was given back. Defense comes out fired up, dancing around, three and out. And you get the ball back. Coordinator's Corner, Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern. 10 a.m. Pacific. Watch on BYU TV or the BYU TV app. Tomorrow night on BYU TV and BYU Radio, Sweet 16 for BYU Soccer hosting NC State. Matchup for the NCAA Tournament. The game begins 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on both. Again, BYU TV and BYU Radio. Welcome back. I'm Jerem. He's Jason in Radio Vision Live on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. BYU football playing UMass tomorrow in Amherst, 12 Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Cougars looking for their fifth straight victory. You can watch live on Flow Sports or listen <laughs> on the BYU Sports Network, radio BYU guy. Radio. It's free, baby. It's free. Hey, Greg Rubel, the voice of the Cougars. You can listen to Greg. Pre-game's pretty good, too. Pre-game with myself and Riley Nelson. Uh, you, can, you can tune in on the radio as the Cougars take on the Minutemen. Soccer. Two-seed BYU beats Louisville 4-0 in all four goals scored in the second half. How about that? Three and five minutes. West Coast Conference Playa of the Year. Michaela Coolahan scored two goals. Cougars host, as mentioned, NC State tomorrow in the Sweet 16, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific on BYU TV and BYU Radio 107.9 FM. Volleyball. Number 13 women's volleyball sweeps the Portland Pilots. Taylor Ballard-Nixon with 11 kills, 3 blocks. McKenna Miller with 9 kills and 3 blocks. BYU back in action, taking on Gonzaga tomorrow. 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific. Watch on BYU TV or the BYU TV app. This guy right here calling it. Cross country. Both the men and women's uh, Cougar teams are ranked third and will compete in nationals tomorrow in Terre Haute, 
Indiana. Good luck to both the men and women competing for a national championship tomorrow. Women's basketball. Beat Fresno State on the road. Nice road win for Juddie's crew. 71-65 was the final score. Chalet Salmon finished with the team I 16 points. Paisley Johnson had 15. Up next for the Cougars, home against Utah State on Tuesday. Cougars in the NFL. This weekend, Fred Warner and the 49ers take on Jamal Williams and the Packers. Fun one uh, there. Is that the that's the Sunday night game, I believe. Yeah, it flexed yes, in. Yes, it flexed in. Seattle was flexed out of it. So I was like, oh man. <laughs> Sione Taki Taki and the Browns host the Dolphins. Taysom Hill and the Saints take on the Panthers. I flex in all the time. Yes, you do. Yes, I do. Was, <laughs> your pecs were poking out of your jacket last night. Thank you, Mason. Appreciate that tweet. <laughs> Harvey Longy and Bronson Gafusi of the Jets play the Raiders on Sunday. Kyle Van Noy and the Patriots play the Cowboys. And Ziggy Ansah and your Seahawks go facing the Philadelphia Eagles. Swimming and diving. <laughs> Philadelphia. I was going to say Philadelphia Eagles, and it just didn't work. And they have a guy named uh, Vai Sikahima. In the second day of the Mizzou Invitational, Josue Dominguez broke the school record for the 100-yard breaststroke, and diver Nathan Gonzalez earns a zone cut for the NCAA Championships. Nice job, guys. The invite continues tomorrow. Okay, each week we, uh, we do a couple of picks for the football games. Come down to the wire, last three games. It's time for Going for Two. Can you predict the future? Yep. These guys think they can. We're going for two on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, just ignore Jason for this uh, time here. I choose not to pick. And he chooses not to give. Uh, Jerem, that's me. I have 11 points. Uh, Spencer, that's him. The other guy, uh, he has seven. The other guy. So uh, I'm up four with three games to go. I, I don't feel like this is a safe lead quite yet. I am on high alert. Okay. I am taking it one pick at a time. Okay. And I am ready you to. You want me to give Spencer's picks? No, we're going to ignore you. No, you're right. Yeah, should yeah. I give Spencer's go picks? Go ahead. Let's have you participate. All right. Pick number one. And again, this is Spencer's because like, why? I choose not to pick. First pick, BYU will cover, winning by 40 plus. It's 40 and a half, so that wouldn't be covering, but I, it was 39 and a half. It's, okay. It's currently 40 and a half, but he's saying 40. Okay. That works. Right. I think when he made the pick this morning, it was maybe something. So else. Should, we, should we change that for should him? Should we change his pick? No, 40 plus. Okay, that's fine. All right. Yes. And his second pick, BYU will have zero turnovers. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go head to head on that one in a moment. Okay. Pick one for me. BYU won't score 52 plus. I think BYU is under. Um, I don't think it happens. Uh, pick two. The Cougars will turn it over. I'm going to go head-to-head on that one. So one of us is going to get a pick correct on that. So, uh, again, I'm up 11-7. We'll see how that goes. Our question of the day. Spell out what success looks like for BYU at UMass tomorrow. And even better, if you have a drawing of what that looks like, perhaps a painting or some pottery, you can send in a picture as well using the hashtag BYUOSA. From James Lawler on Twitter. I'd like to very humbly request a, a shutout. I thought he was going to say shout-out. Shout-out. like you already just got one. You got one, yes. And a margin of victory greater than 60 points, please. That's that's getting a little greedy there, buddy. But it has been done. an Xbox and a PS4 for Christmas. Come on. You're going to get the Wii and like it. (laughs) Yes, you are. (laughs) The Switch. Just take that. Coming up, how much do Jeremy and I know about UMass and all things Massachusetts? We will find out as we play Know the Foe. And redshirting senior Troy Warner on his return to the field the end of the season and having two senior seasons? This is BYU Sports Nation. Thanks for not picking, man. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 
Listen, as the BYU Cougars face UMass what? tomorrow on BYU Radio, as Greg Rubel, Riley Nelson will have the call. Mitchell Jurgens will be on the sideline. Coverage begins with yours truly on Cougar Pregame Live at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, yeah, 8 a.m. Pacific on BYU Radio. Eat your cereal and tune in to Cougar Pregame Live. Yeah, we're going to have uh, bright and early coverage uh, TV an hour later. It's going to be a, a fun day. What, what's your crew call? What time are you going to be there? Because you're on the air at 8. I'll be on the air at 8. Yeah. I'll be on the air at 8. <laughs> Our crew calls 6 a.m., so there we go. Uh, Troy Warner tore his list, Frank, in 2017. Uh, he played hobbled a bit last season, had off-season surgery to repair it, was trying to get ready for 2019. Unfortunately, it didn't work out to where he would play, especially at the beginning of the season with BYU, until last week. But the good news is he will redshirt this season and return next year. Again, uh, this is year two of you can play four and still redshirt. Great rule. The redshirting senior goes one-on-one right now with Spencer Linton. Troy, I want you to walk us back to the moment you found out that you were going to have to sit out a little while and what that was going to mean for you in what you thought was going to be your senior season. What were the emotions like in that moment? Yeah, man, I, it, it, it's it's honestly flown by. Um, but in that moment where I found out that I was going to have to redshirt, it was tough um, because I'm just not a guy that's used to sitting out and kind of watching from different perspective. Um, but there's been a ton of lessons that have been learned um, and just great things that have come out of it too. So, What are some of those lessons that you've learned? Um, honestly, just patience. Uh, I'd say that's the biggest thing. Um, you kind of get anxious and you just want to be out there playing and and also just a leadership kind of role too um i can't be out there making plays for the team but i can be helping the guys get better uh, on a day-to-day basis so what did you see turn around for your team following the loss in tampa at south florida to the four-game win streak now yeah i would say it's just a bunch of guys that rallied together um in those situations it's tough you know, you, you don't expect to lose those games, but when you do, um, what what are you? How are you gonna how are you gonna b- bounce back? How are you gonna respond? And we rallied together and figured out, you know, what we had to do better um, to get on the right track. So that was the biggest thing. Well, you said you couldn't make plays, but now you can make plays thanks to a redshirt exception rule. You can play in the final four games and still come back and play next year. So, what was it like to play in your first game this season on Saturday? Yeah, it felt good. It felt good. A uh, long time, long time coming, but. You know, just going, just getting out there, getting getting some reps, getting back into the groove of things. It felt good being out there back with my teammates. Was there uh, any rust, and if so, where where did the rust manifest itself? Uh, I didn't really feel too rusty, honestly. Uh, I felt like I, I felt comfortable out there, confident going in, and you know, I, I felt like that all happens in the preparation part of uh, the week. And so, you know, going out there, I felt good. How has having to play a coach and be kind of a support? for your your brothers helped you become a better football player overall well the way I think of it is in order for me to be a coach um, I got to know what I'm doing first so that I can help uh, my teammates also so it's just the extra time that you got to spend in the film you know in in your film and and uh, just learning the little bits of of the game and the of the position uh, so I can then teach it to my teammates I think that's what's paid off in the long run why do you think this team has the capability to run the table and finish this season with nine wins. Yeah, I mean, I just, I really just feel like we're, we're feeling really good uh, right now on, on this win streak, and we, we have a lot of confidence right now. And you know, scheme, scheme wise, and and you know, just the players that we have, we're all just hungry to keep the keep the streak going, and we're we're just on a high right now. How have things changed defensively as far as the scheme goes with Kalani implementing himself more into the planning and whatnot? You know, I, I'd say we're just 
maybe more aggressive. Um, but I think any way that we, any way that Kalani wants it, we, we just go out and execute as much as we can and as best as we can. So, you know, it's been it's been great, and uh, we, we're we're hoping to continue it. I know you pride yourself as a shutdown guy, a lockdown guy. Who do you love to match up against in practice? Who uh, I would say I see my boy Micah. Michael Simon, uh, I like going up against Aleva and Dax Milne too. Those are both guys that are really, you know, shifty and quick. So it, it, uh, it's a different approach to that. What's the conversation like when you're in those moments with those guys? A lot of smack talk. I, I like to keep the mouth going a little bit just to kind of get in their head. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's all fun. Where have you progressed the most as a football player from the first day you stepped on campus when you were a freshman at BYU to where you stand today? You know, I'd say just the maturity, um, how to go about different things, um, and, you know, just the preparation that goes on, how you're supposed to prepare during the week in order to perform well on game days, um, and then obviously getting bigger and faster, um, more strong, and all those things have helped me become the player that I am. I know you have UMass and then San Diego State and then a bowl game in Hawaii, but the 2020 schedule looks pretty good, too, for BYU football. I know that wasn't in the cards, but when you look at what's ahead immediately and next year, what goes through your mind? I have a lot of opportunity, um, a lot of opportunity for this team, uh, for just you know your own personal goals and team goals, a lot of opportunity for us to shine. And uh, you know if we take advantage of those opportunities, it will definitely pay off. You and your brother Fred had to go through some hard times in 2017, that 4-9 and nine season, but sometimes it's those hardest moments that help us grow and, and rise and be strong. Um, what did you two learn as brothers in that season that has shaped the way that you've approached football now? I'd say, honestly, just no matter the circumstances, you can't let it you know, throw you off your how you do things, right? Like, like I say, you know, the preparation, the, the work that you put in, uh, the belief that you have in yourself and the team, all those things you can't be, you can't be thrown off when, when uh, tough times come. And, uh, you know, we've, we definitely learned that. What are communications like with you? How, how often do you talk with Fred? Um, what, what's that like now that he's, he's playing with the 49ers and you're still uh, here with BYU? Yeah, I mean, I'd say we, I'd say we talk every day, uh, FaceTime, you know, maybe every other day. Uh, but we, we definitely keep, it, keep in close communication, and he's always helping me out, trying to uh, help me, you know, up my game. And so and I'm definitely op- I'm open ears for it because he's, o- he's over there balling out, so I just, I just want to do the same thing, so. What's it like to watch him play for the nine and one San Francisco 49ers? It's, it's tight. It's tight. Um, you know, I it doesn't surprise me at all because I know the, the talent that he has and the work ethic that he also possesses. And just to see him go out, do his thing, ball out, uh, just makes me happy. So, well, he feels the same way about you and your talent level. I know that because we've talked about it on several occasions. So, what are you learning from him right now that's helping you progress and, and chase your dream of the NFL? Yeah, I would say just just how to prepare. Um, you know, nutrition too. It's a big thing, but uh, just really how to prepare the just to get in the film room. Um, refuse to be outworked. Um, just put yourself in the toughest situations during practice so that in game it, it comes a lot easier. Um, and those things I, I definitely don't take for granted. Uh, I definitely try to implement them in my game. Well, you're the married brother, so in a way, do you feel like you can help him out in, in, in that instance and being wiser that way? Yeah, yeah. I definitely try to give him a little advice. Um, <laughs> he's a lonely guy right now, so I try to try to help him out there a little bit. But, well, you know, we're still working on it. Still working on it. <laughs> he's a lonely guy in San Francisco. He, he, he gets a little lonely, but he'll, he'll be all right. 
Okay, Troy, as uh, you approach UMass, what, what do you know about the Minutemen other than their 1-9 and is struggling? How do you avoid an emotional letdown against those guys? Right. Um, you just got to take every opponent the same way. Um, these are these are Division One athletes, uh, definitely capable, a lot of athletes, a lot of speed. Um, so we just got to prepare the same way that we prepared, you know, against USC, uh, against Tennessee, uh, so, we, so that we can go out and, you know, play at our best because I, I think we've yet to do that. Um, so another opportunity just for us to go out and play as best as we can. I know you're close with Micah Simon. I know he feels confident that he can play quarterback at BYU if called upon. Um, what have you liked most about how he's progressed this season? Yeah, I mean, I, he's another guy who I've always kind of known what he you know, possesses, and I'm just happy for him, too, uh, just to see him shining right now. He's, uh, he's definitely, he definitely has tunnel vision right now. He's, he's balling out, and you know, I'm proud of him. Uh, a lot of, he, he's, put, he's also put in a lot of work, so definitely happy for him. Troy, we appreciate the time. Stoked that you're back. Congratulations, man. Good to see you back out on the field. Appreciate it. It is great to have Troy Warner back and uh, played a good game last week, getting back into it. At one point, Troy and Fred Warner, Micah Simon, and Jake Toulson were all roommates. And now three, uh, I guess, well, Troy and Jake are married. Micah is single, and Fred, as addressed, is single as well. And apparently lonely in San Francisco. (laughs) The dating thing always comes up with Spencer. Always, always. Coming up, a rise and shout out to my BFF. And if you've seen the show today, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, Yeah, and it's not me. And how well do we know the fall? We'll find out in about two minutes. This is BYU Sports Nation. Spina! This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. Thanks to today's guests, Tanner Mangum and Troy Warner. Show on demand via podcast and the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Let's whip it. It's not, the whip's not in the E block. Huh? It's in the C block. Oh, yeah. It says let's whip it. I'm like Ron Burgundy here. Do you read this? What? As we get ready for BYU and U.S. <laughs> it's always important to know the foe. Know the presented foe. by Bodyguards Protection for a Life Worth le- Living. Learn more at Body. Guards.com. Let's know the foe right now. BYU Sports Nation asks, do you know the foe? And let's bring in Ben Bagley, the producer of our show. And as he's called by many of you on the streets, the mean streets of Provo, the voice of BYU. Ben, what's up, man? Let's whip it. <laughs> oh, wait, we're not doing that? Oh, okay. Wait. It's in the script. <laughs> All right, let's go there. Someone I'm needs Ron to Burgundy? review said script. All right. Here we go. Let's start here. The last three se- or last season, three teams had actual worse defenses than UMass scoring wise. Yes. Which one of these were not one of them? Bowling Green, Louisville, Oregon State, or UConn? That's it. Oh, who's going? Both. Uh, let's go, Jason first. Who He's was not? Uh, I would say, in the Cougar Whip around, the answer would be um, Oregon State. <clears throat> No, Louisville? Oregon State was actually 129 last season. Mm. Uh, Bowling Green was 125. Ah. Bowling Green. So Bowling Green would be the right answer there. What are they again? They're All right, Jeremy, this one's for you. Which of the following was the original nickname for Uma, the UMass football team? The Paul Revere's. Was it the Hawks? Was it the Sullies? Was it the Bulldogs? Or was it the Aggies? Uh, okay, well, the it, Aggies it clearly was, isn't it. It's just him it was, giving an opportunity yeah, to mention his school's State, name. Uh, uh, I'll go with whatever A was. I can't remember. The, the 
Hawks? No. It is so the Aggies. Oh, the they were an agricultural school? Because, of, well, in the past, everyone was a farmer. So, yeah. <laughs> until the Industrial Revolution. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Zero, zero. Jason, UMass yes. has made two bowl games in its history. Mm-hmm. Which of the following was the bowl game they won? Okay. The Tangerine Bowl, mm-hmm. the Maple Bowl, the Freedom Bowl, or the Boardwalk Bowl? I am going to go with the Freedom Bowl. D? Boardwalk? It is the Boardwalk Bowl. I thought about that because it would be regional, and I thought I almost went there. but Jersey Shore. Not to be confused with the Park Place Bowl. Uh, Jerem, we're back to you. In in 1986, UMass won the national championship in which sport? Was it curling? Was it ultimate frisbee? Was it rowing or was it men's basketball? Rowing. No, man, they were disc throwers, holding frisbee. Frisbee, really? Yeah. Not throwing the javelin? Not throwing the jab. BYU, throwing the jab. What are you doing this afternoon? (laughs) Just throwing the jab. Just throwing the jab around. All right. We're not doing well on this. No. 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 Par for the course. And we should probably Jason, wrap up. Soon. This is your last chance to score. Okay, here. this is where I'm going to win it. This is where I'm winning it. The W.E.B. Du Bois Library mm-hmm. on the campus of UMass has the distinction of being what? Is it the world's most modern law- library? The only place you can see the complete literary collection of Samuel Adams. The world's second tallest library or the most expensive library on a university campus? I am going to go with the most expensive. No, no. It's the world's second tallest library. What's the tallest is the question. Okay. I didn't look it up. Thanks, Ben. You can win with this. Which of the following actors attended UMass? Was it Mark Wahlberg? Was it Richard Greer? Ben Affleck or Mark Ruffalo? I'll go Ruffs. No. It was Richard Gere. Ah, good one. It's a shutout. We pitched a shutout today. That's a win for the control room. All right, let's whip it. Okay, thanks. Our question of the day. Spell out what success looks like for BYU at UMass tomorrow. The elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Joseph Simmons on Twitter. Utter domination like Vader toying with some hack non-Jedi rebel leader. Crush them mercilessly. Don't ever take foot off the gas pedal till final whistle blows. And I'm going to add, and put them in carbonate. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. Today's rise and shout-outs. Mine go to the cross-country teams. Both ranked number three, both competing for a national championship in Terre Haute, Indiana. We got you. We're with you. Let's go. Bring back a natty or two. Yeah. Uh, my rise and shout-out goes to Utah Jazz superstar Donovan Mitchell showing up at the game last night. Obviously a, a Louisville product. BYU women's soccer taking on Louisville. It was awesome to see him there. His support for local teams is, is phenomenal. There's a reason why everybody loves him in this state. That's awesome. Well done. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always use the hashtag BYUSN. Sorry to Dennis Pitt in no time, bro. For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Harold Farnsworth. We'll see you tomorrow. Pre- and post-game coverage of BYU New Mass. We got volleyball. We got soccer. It's a super Saturday on BYU TV. Let's whip it. <laughs>